0: Let's start and uh, let's just say this. that I did quote something last week that said, Knowing and loving God is our greatest privilege and being known and loved is God's greatest pleasure. Where does it say that, Pastor Phil? Revelations 4.11 in the NLT. I'm going to be jumping through different versions, sorry, but uh, you can get your Bibles out still, but take notes uh, until I get to Psalm 91. Say Psalm 91. (laughs) You created everything and it is for your pleasure... That they exist and were created for God's pleasure, that you were created. I know you can't get your head around that, but uh, I know you maybe haven't been living the best life. But still, you were created for his pleasure. Okay, give me more proof. Psalm 149 verse 4 in the TEV version says, The Lord takes pleasure in his people love this and in the tev again tev again it says in ephesians 1 5 because of his love god has already decided that through jesus christ he would make us his children who's a child of god tonight in the house of god wave your hand this was his pleasure and purpose to get you saved and if you're getting saved and will be saved tonight this is god's purpose amen can you believe that psalm 147 verse 11 in the cev version all these are on your iPhone if you've got that wonderful program. Um, there's many great programs you can have. And, uh, and we love to give, it says this, and this is exactly why we love to give God worship in C3 Tugger, because it's exactly like this. The Bible says, The Lord is pleased, say pleased, only with those, with those who worship Him and trust His love. He's so pleased that you worshipped Him, Tonight in the house of God, and this scripture for me is so potent. It's probably the most biggest scripture for me in the Old Testament, and uh, Jeremiah nine twenty four. And this is Jeremiah the prophet, who's a man of God in the Old Testament, and he hears directly from God, and he speaks the oracles of God, but he speaks directly to God's people he's so in tune with God he's such a holy man of God that even when he goes to sleep he has dreams he hears God he personally hears God and he says this and and it's written down as scripture and and it's uh, I I guess it's uh, an exhortment to the people of God meaning there's a little bit of warning in there and uh, admonition uh, admonishment there is there's the word admonishment means this you're getting encouraged, but you're getting a slap up the side of the face at the same time. And uh, so <laughs> it's a little bit like that. And um, Jeremiah 9:24 says, "And let him who boasts about this." And he's talking about these worldly people that are boasting in their strength and, uh, or boasting in their riches, or boasting uh, for, for whatever reason. And he says this, "But let him who boasts boasts about this, that he understands and knows me." that he understands and knows me. I hope that's you tonight. That I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. I mean, this is hard to imagine. It's very difficult to imagine that God wants you to have a personal relationship with him. Is this true, Pastor? I mean, is it really true that he wants to personally know me? Isn't this religion? Don't we just serve this ominous God, this God that who is someone and... He's out there and we should pay him respect and we go to church and we read our Bible. But is he, is he really knowable? Can we be his friend? I'm telling you, you can. You can know him like a friend. And I hope to make a point of that tonight. Romans 5.10 says, New Living Translation, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, that's why it's a big deal to us as, as his church, Easter and the cross and Jesus paying the price for our sin to be reconnected to God. That's why it's such a big deal. Say it again, verse ten. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death death of His Son, while we were still His enemies, we will we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. Who can believe that? Now, in the Old Testament, there were friends of God. Though, and the Bible says that there was Moses, Abraham. There was, in fact, David, King David, there was Noah, there was Job and uh, Enoch. They were very close to God. But when Jesus came 2,000 years ago and he went to the cross and he died on that cross, he, the, the Bible says the, 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 the curtain in this temple, one and only temple in Jerusalem, where the holy man would prepare himself for a year and go in and meet with God, that was abolished. No doing all these hard yards, cleansing yourself, doing all these religious acts and stuff. And, and going in and meeting God. Only one man, by the way, only one out of all the population. Anyway, no, when Jesus came and paid the price, the curtain that separated the glory, the Shekinah glory, the manifest presence of God, one foot thick curtain was ripped from top to bottom and it it, it just split down the guts and, and it revealed and it symbolically said to us, that we can come any time to God, just like we did tonight, and worship the living God. You can come to Him any time you want, driving the car, making your lunch, going to work, at school. You can do that, man. You can have fleeting moments of meeting with God. Thank you, Jesus. No hours upon hours of wrestling through religion and paying all these sacrifices. You know, the Bible says in Romans 5.11, says, so we, why, 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 why? So we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Do you love that? The old hymn says, what a friend we have in Jesus, but actually God is inviting us to himself, the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Please make friends with those three. God deeply desires that we know him intimately. The Bible says in John fifteen fifteen. I know I'm giving you some scripture, but I'm building a case building a case guys this is a quite a potent message man if you get your head around this if you take this in this will last you all year by the way this will get you rock steady for the rest of the year so john fifteen fifteen. i no longer call you servants because a servant does not know the master's business instead i've called you friends and, and for everything that i have learned from my father i have made known to you so what does the word friend mean in this verse it means this it, means, it does not mean a casual acquaintance, but a close, trusted relationship. The same word is used to refer the, for a best man in a wedding or a king's inner circle of intimate, trusted friends. What does servants mean? What does that mean? Well, in the royal courts, the servants must keep their distance from the king, but the inner circle of trusted friends enjoy close contact, direct access, and, confident, and confidential information. So it's a little bit of a, you know, it's very close. Exodus thirty-four, fourteen says this: He is a God who is passionate about His relationship with you. Again, I've got to say, God desires to be intimately acquainted with you. Amen. Now, listen: There are special times when we, as people of God, who are on a journey towards God, everyone's on a journey. Even the Buddhist that I, who's at my local gas station, he's on a journey. I commend him. I said, "Son, you're on a journey. Well done." He said, "Let me tell you about my journey one day in Jesus, and where it gets me." And so that can be teased out. But I commend people who are on a spiritual journey. Do you know what I mean? I don't come down on them and say, "Oh, you're a Buddhist. Yeah, no, you're not, you know, you're not." I mean, I love the guy. I love people. I, you know, God says to love everyone. I don't care if you're just struggling reaching god i mean i was just like that man in the 70s i was struggling big time but um i might tease a little bit of that out with this story i might tell you a little later on but there are certain times when god asks you to come out of your routine routine and seek him special times to seek his seek his face it says this in psalm 27 verse 8 my heart says of you seek his face your face, Lord, I will seek. Are you a little bit like that now after that worship? Lord, I just wanna wow, you probably went further than who went further than they ever gone before in worship tonight? Who went just that little bit extra tonight? Do I see any hands in the house? Just yeah, I mean just just I think I made inroads. It's about making inroads. God is reaching out to you, but you've got to reach out for him. This planet is like a little bit of a classroom setting. There's tests in it. We looked at the life of Moses last week, just for the sake of the people who weren't here last week, and we saw what he did, how he sought God. And Exodus 33, 7, it says, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside of the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. My tent is my caravan up at the mid-north coast. I'm going back there Tuesday. That's where I've pitched my tent. It's a caravan, but, and I'm getting away with my precious wife Julie's going to do some painting. I'm going to do some reading and praying. I'm going to walk the beach. It's right on the beach. And already Andrew and Julie and my grandkids are up there. And that's where we have gone out from this. From where have you gone to? Well, I've gone from something to something. And it's like this. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside of the camp. That's right. He drew away from what? The familiar. The camp for Moses was the familiar, it was all the business of life. It's where all the commas was, the real life, family, stuff, work, all that stuff. At times, folks, you've got to come out of that and at least come to church on Sunday. Come out of the familiar, come out of the business of, you know, all the sports and all the TV and all the stuff and stuff and working and you actually got to turn yourself and come back to the town of meeting. And that's exactly what Moses did. He would come out at a distance, a far distance, and he would come out and seek God in the tent of meeting. And, folks, you've got to do that at times to find God. Is that good for someone? You've got to do that. It's awesome. I want to tell you a story. I'm going to crunch it. It's in the Song of Solomon's story. And there's some... um, It's a story of... Of two lovers, and they're intolerant of this distance between them. And so it's a bit like this. So there's the story. It's, it's, let's look at this story of love. It's unrelenting love. The Bible paints a picture symbolically at times of our relationship with God. He is the head, we are the body. He is the husband, we are the wife. Sorry, guys, but that's the way the Bible portrays it. They're powerful metaphors, and they, they really talk about closeness. If my head is on my body, that's quite close. If the husband and wife, that should be close. Although there's some Africans I've seen with quite long necks and, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what that's about, but I'd like my head a little bit closer to my body. Um, you know, and this distance, listen guys, th- okay, so you're telling me in the Bible, Lord, that you should be close to me and you're giving me these metaphors that, that you're supposed to be close to me, but I feel this great big distance between you and I. And, and I heard one man of God said, this is, in fact becomes the test in life. Is to bridge that gap by all our strength, almost, to get us back to where we belong. So when I say the bride in this passage, uh, in this in the scripture, or in this story, it symbolizes the, the church, and uh, and of course when I say the bridegroom, it's 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 Christ. And let's start at chapter three. Let's do this quickly. Um, Song of Solomon three one all night long. So this is this is. Someone, a woman, who's longing for her for her lover. She's met this person. She's, she wants to be with this person again. And, and, and it says this, All night long on my bed I looked for the one my heart loves. I looked for him but did not find him. So it's born out of love, this relationship we have with God. And um, some people might say, but I've already found God. I know God. I don't have to, you know, yearn and you know, really get anxious about this. Well, no, not anxious, but you, you don't have to have times when you're reaching out with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. But even Moses, check this out, even Moses that was used in a most dramatic way to defeat the gods of, of Egypt, after dwelling with God in His glory for 40 years, he says this. He says this in Deuteronomy 3, 24. O sovereign Lord, you have begun to show to your servant your greatness and your strong hand. So this, even for us mature people in God we think we know God and we, we finally found it we had some doctrine to assume a posture that I know God and the Bible says this and some doctrine says that and, and that's oh, no that's not it friend it's all about knowing God. And even Moses is saying to us here, "O oh, Sovereign Lord, man, I've done signs and wonders. I've thrown a stick on the ground and you've turned it into a snake. I've seen the Red Sea open. I've led your captives free. I've done so many wonderful things. Man, I've felt your glory. I've spoken to you. You're my friend. I'm your friend. But even after 40 years of that, O oh, Sovereign Lord, he says, you've begun to show to your servant your greatness and your strong hand. I feel like that, like last year with all the struggles this church had in terms of getting this building on this property happening and and getting this church birth. I felt last year, I felt a bit like that. now, God, I'm starting to get a glimpse of who you truly are. Your greatness and your strong hand. We think we know God. On my bed night after night I sought him whom my soul loves I sought him but did not find him you know there's a lot of obstacles to finding God I've uh, met a lot of obstacles in the 70s man I'm trying to find God I'm asking some questions and um, I'm seeking God I'm asking the right question but I'm not getting the answers uh, and, and, and and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a maze out there you know there's a lot of things to distract you and stuff like that one guy said this uh, augustine said this he said god is not on the surface there is a secret place of the most high psalm 91 verse 1 talks about that and i might just quote that scripture at the end psalm 91 under the shadow of the almighty there is a place where you can find your groove psalm 91 is a powerful scripture that emotes that god's presence comes around you And He covers you with His love, His grace, His mercy, and nothing can touch you, man. You're just in that special place where nothing can touch you. It's under the shadow of the Almighty. It's in that secret place. God wants you to find a secret place. He wants you to find a place, and you've got to get desperate to do that. One man of God... One great teacher, a young man, came to this great teacher and he said, I want to know more about God. He said, he said let me lead you into the lake. He led the young man into the lake. Uh, the old teacher placed his hand on the young man's head. He pushed him under the water. The young man struggling, struggling, gasping for air. And, and he finally with tenacity and relentlessness he pushes through and he looks at the guy and he says what was that about? And he says come on you know and he says and the old man says when you want God as much as you wanted that air, then you'll find him. It's a bit like that. It's so much like that. It's not easy this stuff. The bride continues. Here she is. She's still continuing. 3 verse 2 I will get up now now she's going to get up <laughs> man you're not going to get me up in the middle of the night too much unless the dogs unless something's the trees falling down or there's a mighty storm like there was the other night i had to get up and there's a torrent of water coming through my garage but this woman she's so desperate her attitude her faith she says this i will get up now and go about the city through its streets and squares I will search for the one my heart loves. How many Christians are out there searching? I know we get down on people that leave the church. We get down on them because they're not committed. But actually, some people have left for some good reason because they're looking for God. They're actually looking for God and they didn't find God where they thought they should find Him. (laughs) Does that startle some? She gets up out of bed. She goes out in the dark. And she's searching. She's searching. She gets out of her comfortable bed, out of the security of her bed, and she leaves that comfort. She seeks Christ. Nothing stops her. Have you seen Him? Have you seen Him? She says, I will get up now and go about the city, through its streets and squares. I will search for the one my heart loves. So I looked for Him, but I did not find Him. Three, uh, Chapter 3, verse 3. The watchman but found me out in the street. The watchman. The watchmen are usually people that stay up at night. They're praying. They see God. They know God. They, they just know God. They're either seers. They're prophetic ministry, whatever you, whatever you call them this day. The watchman found me, and they made their rounds in the city. Have you seen the one my heart loves, she says? Some people run into this prophetic ministry and they say to us, they don't actually say it, but they're actually saying it in the heart of hearts, deep down in the recesses of their life. Can you show me God? I've heard about this church. Apparently you guys have found God. Apparently you've experienced Him. Pastor Julie, I heard you experienced Him in a Singapore hotel when you were on your travels as a show business entertainer. I'm going to go to that church. I'm going to go to that C3 And this is exactly what happens to this, this woman. Scarcely had I passed them when I found the one my heart loves. I held him and would not let go until I had brought him to my mother's house. I don't know what you make out of that, but I'm thinking until she brought him back to the house of God. Man, if you can bring Jesus back here, please do that. If you can find Jesus and bring him back, and if each one of us do that, I'm telling you, we'll have a a massive breakout of revival, an absolute revival. Chapter 4, verse 9 says, When the eyes meet, when the eyes meet with Jesus, and Jesus sees your eyes, and saw the eyes of this woman, you have stolen my heart, my sister, my bride you have stolen my heart with one glance of your eyes with one jewel of your necklace I am compelled I am compelled to bless you to bless you and that's exactly what it's like for some of us who have found God in this most extravagant way and when we do I believe in that moment when you find God in that most extravagant way, it's then you are baptised in His love. And once you're baptised in His love, you cannot, you cannot be satisfied with anything else. Nothing else will satisfy when you've encountered God like that. So if you can stand up right now, God bless you as you do. I've got a scripture. I don't know how I got through that. I mentioned something about the woman getting out of the bed, out of the comfort, out of the security. She went out into the darkness and a lot of people have been pushing up against darkness trying to find God. I found that myself in the 70s. I was looking for God really secretly. I wasn't telling many people about that. But I was seeking God, searching God. I wanted to know who God was. And I was pushing through the darkness of the 70s. I'd actually gotten out of my bed. and I was on a spiritual journey. Got, I, had, I had begun a spiritual journey. And the 70s were giving me lots of different ways to satisfy those deep yearnings of becoming someone. But you know what? If you persist... If you continue to pursue God, I know that you can push through the darkness and I know you can push through and find God. Do you know what I'm saying? If that's you tonight and you're in the house of God, we're not talking about religion. We're talking about you finding God who created you, who sent you to this earth to be a blessing. He never intended you to be disconnected from Him. He never intended you to do hard yards. To be inflicted with disease and to be poverty ridden and to feel so lonely you could cry. Do you know what I'm saying? He wants to absolutely be your friend. He's inviting you to this friendship daily, morning, noon, and night. He's reaching out to you, but you've got to get out of the bed. You've got to go search for him. You've got to seek him. Keep coming to church. Keep going to the Word of God. Keep trying to find him, he can be found but I'm telling you what sometimes it's not easy you've got to push past indifference, you've got to push past all the obstacles, you've got to push past everything that people are saying to you man, all the people I got married, man, we invited a hundred people to our wedding and they were the friends we had from the 70's And when I got saved man, I lost about 90% of those people you're willing to do that? God doesn't want to lose your friends, but He wants you to stand and make choices for Him. Make Him number one. And then you become you, not who people make you out to be. See, in here, in the familiar, when you're here in the familiar, the world wants you to be like this and behave like that. That's the familiar, what your friends tell you you are and who you're supposed, you know, who who the world's telling you are here. But God says, break out of that. That's not your true reality. That's not your true reality. Come out of the familiar. Come over here. Stand in the light of God and let God show you who you truly are. And if you're willing to take that and be brave about that, be a little bit reckless and come out of the conformity of your life, because you might think you're radical, but you're actually domesticated in a domesticated Life of who the world makes you to be. But if you break out, like a lot of young people are doing, if you break out of the familiar and come out into the light of God and become who you truly are, guess what? You become a hundredfold who you were over here. I know this to be true, friend. I'm not talking religion, man. I'm talking becoming who you truly are i couldn't go to church i couldn't carry a bible i couldn't pray i'm not like that well the world says you're not like that but god says you are because the bible says that god says you were born to worship and if you don't worship him you'll worship something else it might be sport it might be surfing it might be money it might be a career it might be something you're born to worship you can't get away from it the first thing that comes to your head is usually what you're worshipping. The things that you live with at the, at the centre of your mind, that's what, you, that's what you're worshipping. So let me speak this scripture over you. God bless you. And I pray this for you. Just close your eyes. God bless you. Ephesians 3.19 says this in the Amplified Version, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled. Julie said that about me. I didn't try and lose all the vices in my life. I just kept on going to church and guess like, like guess what? Just like a vessel, just like a cup, the more I kept it getting filled, that stuff just kept on coming out. God kept on filling me and there goes that, and there goes that, and there, goes that and there goes that and in the end, clear water of salvation in my vessel, my body. Mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Is that for you tonight? Close your eyes, lift up your hands right now. If you want to be filled with God, if you want to receive the Lord tonight, if you want to receive salvation, if you just want to make a start. I don't want to become religious, Pastor Phil. I don't want to carry a big Bible around. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about acknowledging God, acknowledging Jesus as the way, the truth, the life. If that's you tonight, I believe you're here by no accident, but you're here by divine appointment. If that's you and if you want to start 2012 on the right road towards God, journeying with Him, provision, protection, God, I believe God has your best life in view in store for you to receive if you want it if you think you're tough enough, you're good enough and you're whatever enough you might need God but I believe I've heard stories even billionaires asking for salvation I've heard of Olympian athletes who have won accolades say on their deathbed but I need God you might think it now the Bible says this, you will seek him those with understanding. Do you have any understanding right now of who God is? If you just have a fraction, that's enough. If you just have a mustard seed, the Bible says you can overcome mountains with a mustard seed of faith. You don't need to know all the doctrines. You don't need to know all the Bible. You don't even need to know a scripture. You just need to say, Jesus, I acknowledge you. With eyes closed right now in the house of God, from the front to the back, to this side, to this side, If this prayer is for you, if this prayer of salvation is for you, I'd just love for you to lift your hands up right now and you can walk out of this place knowing you've got salvation, you've got a guarantee. If that's you right now, just lift up your hands on the count of three. One, two, three. If this is the first time, if this is a recommitment, if you've never done this before, please, right now, If you need to do this, your heart's thumping, you feel the heat of God on you, that's the Holy Spirit. If you'd feel that right now, if that's for you right now, just lift your hand. Despite what you're feeling, despite what your friends would say, it's between you and God. If that's for you right now, just ask your friend next to you. Ask your friend, "This this is going now. This is happening right now. Just ask your friend. Everyone pray in the house. Everyone pray in the house. At least there's one, two people. One, two people in the house. We're building an atmosphere of faith right now in Jesus' name. Someone's making a recommitment. You're not sure if you're in or you're out. The devil's been lying to you. You're not sure if you're saved. You've been to church. You've you've, you've given your life once before, but the enemy's been lying to you. Maybe you need to make a commitment tonight. Maybe it's a first-time commitment. Just lift your hand up high and put it down quickly. Quickly, quickly, from the front to the back. Yeah, at the back, that's great. Is that one hand? That's great. Is that great? Yeah. Okay, that's one. I believe there's two. I believe there's two men. You need to stand up for yourself and not fall into peer pressure and not fall into stuff that the world is putting you into—a box. You need to stand up and be a warrior, stand up and be a man. And tonight is that night to do that in Jesus' name. Do I see any men in the house tonight saying yes to Jesus? Holy Spirit, I want to give every available opportunity. Because this is the best way to start two thousand and twelve with Jesus, the way, the truth, the life. You're not joining a church, you're not becoming religious, you're simply saying yes to Jesus. If that's you, young man, young woman, there's one. Yeah, God's putting a challenge out. My brother sat through one of these. He didn't put his hand up. My other brother did, he saved, I met a Christian woman, got married. My other brother sat through one of these services. He said, what was that? I was sweating. My heart was thumping. I said, that was the Holy Ghost. And God is knocking on your door. He was so shaken. It's a powerful thing when heaven, when eternity starts to knock on your door. It's a powerful thing. I pray. I pray this. In Jesus name in Jesus name that right now faith would come upon you